Marketing Sweats fans, it's Misty, and I'm back with season six. It's crazy to me that we now have six seasons of awesome interviews to share with you, and I'm excited that this season is going to look and sound different than all the rest. And there's a reason for that. If any of you follow Samantha on social, you've probably seen that this year marks our 40-ish year in business. We say 40-ish because basically, Samantha doesn't know when we were incorporated, but it's definitely worth a celebration. We thought it would be fun to share some of the amazing work that we've done throughout the last 40 years. So this season, we're featuring Samanalites sharing their point of pride, stories about work they've done that makes them proud. So that's what this season's episodes are all about. And I'm excited to kick it off by talking with the man who holds the key to Samanal's history, someone who's been here since the early years and has played a foundational role in steering the Samanal brand and mentoring dozens of creatives. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Chris Maine. So let's get to it. Okay, we are here today with Chris Maine. Chris is probably my oldest friend at Samantha. I think you were the very first person. That's a weird way to start, you isn't know, it? That's great. I, I mean, I'm pretty much the <laughs> oldest person at Samantha right now. Well, you've so. been here how many years? You say it, not me. 34. 34 years. What, that's amazing. What the <laughs> I thinking? I think I'm going to put that on my tombstone. Wait, so wait, you were the, what, what employee were you? I was actually like the 12th employee. Oh, really? But yeah, I had taken, somebody had, had left just before I started and they gave me her employee number, which was 008. <laughs> so, you still remember that? Yeah. So we had, I, yeah, when I started, we had about 12 uh, employees. So awesome. Very, very small. Well, I say job. you're my oldest because when I started at Samantha, you and I worked on the mining account, you were my creative director lead and we got to partner on everything. Yeah. So we've come yeah. a long way. A lot of fun working on mining. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's start at the beginning. Before I dig into your point of pride, I want to hear a little bit about how you found Samantha. So you were born and raised here in Peoria, yep. but yep. went to ISU for college and right. then thought about moving around, but ultimately yeah. ended here. Yeah. I, I think that one of the things that I just thought was going to have to happen was I was going to have to move to Chicago or St. Louis to find a job because the the type of design that I wanted to do, I just didn't think it existed in Peoria. So, you know, right out of school, got my resume together, cover letter, sent a bunch out to some places in St. Louis and Chicago and got some interviews lined up. And I went down to St. Louis for, uh, you know, a day, you know, it was a big deal right out of school going down for a day and, and had all these interviews lined up, did that and then did that in Chicago. Um, it wasn't as successful lining them all up in a day in Chicago, but was just waiting, did that. And then I was going to go down and do it again when I saw the ad in the paper and which is so, so funny and so kind of trite, right? I mean, right. I see this ad in the paper and even the ad back then looked cool, you know, it wasn't sure. like a, just a regular little placement ad in in the wanted section, it, you know, Jim had somebody design it. It had like a post-it pin on it and it was a torn piece of paper. That's and cool. So it stood out and um, yeah, just called and and sent my resume in and, and uh, they set up an interview and the rest is history. Yeah. So that's how you got interviews back in the day? You just called and they scheduled well, it? Well, I, I actually sent in my interview okay. or in my, uh, I, sorry, I actually sent in my, uh, my resume and then followed up like a week later. That's awesome. I love it. Um, so you came in and you interviewed with Jim. Tell us about that first experience because you guys were up on Main Street then. Yeah, yeah. Very cool building up on Main Street. And I think that they had only been there for a few years, but it was on the second floor of an old Victorian uh, style building. There's a couple 
shops down on the main floor. And then right in the center of the building was a real long staircase that went up to the second floor cool. where Samantha was. So, I mean, immediately when, you know, walked up to the door, even the address was designed really specific and had kind of a cool look to it and opened the door and long, long staircase, walked up the staircase and just had like almost chills come over me because I was like, this is a really, really cool place. That's and, awesome. and I, it was immediate, you know, walk up to the reception desk and was like, I want to work here. I mean, this is the coolest place I've ever been Aww, in Peoria. That's so cool. So wait, I need to back up a minute. So talk about your love of design. What was it in you from a young age that you just knew? Oh gosh, that you know that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, my my dad was an artist, and and he worked at a printing company. International Paper had a printing company here in Peoria, and he worked there for years doing pre press. And uh, it's kind of funny. His actual title was stripper, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because they used to strip film together sure. in the old days to 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 do the pre press, but. So he was an artist. So all of us kids come from a family of five, four siblings, um, and we uh, we all learned how to draw and were kind of a creative family. So I was interested in that as far back as I can remember. But I remember just even you know looking at the IP logo or the international paper logo, which is really cool. It, it, it's an I and a P, but it, it forms the shape of uh, of an evergreen tree. Okay. Um, even when I was really little, I was probably like three or four or five years right. old and saw it. And I just thought that was so cool, you know, as, as early as I knew what letter forms were. Sure. And even, you know, driving in town, seeing the, the logo for Charles Ruppman when I was little, I thought that was, it was so cool because the C kind of went into the R. And, yeah. And so that was something I always had passion for is, is design. Even more so when I got into high school, my high school actually had a, a design, uh, a couple of design courses that sure. I took and got a lot of support from obviously my, my dad and, and family and, and the teacher that actually did the courses was yeah. really, really excited. And, and I think one of the first big successes for me in high school was I, I was a freshman coming in and they had a competition to do, design the yearbook cover. And, you know, all of the art students submitted designs and mine won. You know, oh, and I was cool. like, I was just a some snot-nosed freshmen and all the others, like senior <laughs> designer, so cool. yeah, senior uh, senior design students were all kind of pissed off sure, at me and everything. Sure. So. Well, you know how talented I think you are. And I love hearing you talk about even logos and what they mean to you, because that's some of my earliest experiences working with you or just being able to think strategically about design. And you right. talk a lot about that in your point of pride. So let's go back. So you're walking up the stairs. You get this amazing vibe. You see work on the walls, you yep. mentioned in your yep. story. Yep. What was it about Samantha that you're like, you know, this is important enough to me to stay here instead of move away? Well, you know, I was looking for a place that I would be able to do this, like I said in my point of pride uh, narrative, uh, a place that I could really, really do this high level of design. Yeah. And that was the first place in Peoria that I knew that that I had seen that, that was doing something like that. So. Um, what kind of work was it though, Chris, back then? Like, it was still a lot of cat, but okay. you know, there were a lot more like smaller, you know, independent companies too. So it wasn't just cat on the wall. Sure. I mean, obviously that was, the, it's always been our bread and butter, but uh, you know, just looking back, there were just smaller like lawyers and we had, okay. you know, some financial institutions and, and, you know, just smaller local companies right. that 
we had either done some branding work for or um, done a little bit of advertising for. Okay. So. So you said at that stage, everybody was kind of designers and you had to oh, yeah. do your own account planning work. Yeah. So what was that yeah, like? I mean, we were literally a, a design shop. So, you know, it was a small group of people. Jim had come from some big agencies up in Chicago and really wanted to bring that level of design down to Peoria. But I think that one of the things that he felt was a little bit of a disconnect was when the larger that a company gets and, and the places that he worked, he had people that he called empty suits. And, yeah. and I think they were the traditional, you know, the account executives sure. and, <laughs> and they were, you know, they, they, they really didn't in his opinion, didn't offer anything to the, to the, the project or the, the work. And so he, you know, he really felt like there was a gap there. They would go to a meeting, get information, pass it on to him, but he always felt like there was something missing sure. there. So when he, started his own place, he, he wanted and felt like it was really important for the, the clients to be able to talk directly to the people doing the work. Yeah. And that's really what he preached at the time. Well, Obviously, he, as we grow, it's not going to be sustain, a sustainable model. Sure. But you but, still do allow that. And I, I talk to your team all the time and they love being in front of clients and getting that yeah. feedback firsthand. Yeah, I think that's so important. Talk a little bit about Jim. So many of us, even me, I've never had yeah. the chance to meet the guy. I've heard all the stories. You say he's very big personality eccentric, yeah. but like, how did he lead? And, and what was it about him that made him so creative? You know, he's... Um, just one of those guys that when he walks into a room, he's got a presence about him sure. and he's got a lot, you know, high expectations of the people that worked for him. He was definitely a personality, you know, when he was, when he was on, I mean, everybody in the room would be laughing Seriously? You know, if, he, if he was feeling it and, you know, if things weren't going right, he'd let you know it too. So yeah. he's one of those guys that you just inherently wanted to please yep. right and and do a good job for him because, absolutely um, he had high expectations and you you really wanted to bring your a game when you're working on anything with him I think you know? he passed that on to all of our leaders I know and working you know for Susie and Kevin and even you guys like you just want to work really hard how did he translate that to clients then how did clients react to him the, the clients that, that worked with him loved him, yeah. you know, because I think, I mean, he brought a level of energy to the work. He was always excited about doing whatever it was. It doesn't matter what it is. And I think that that was another thing that he instilled in all of us. It doesn't matter if we're doing a two inch by two inch ad in the paper or we're doing a full blown rebrand. You yeah. know, we need to, we really need to do what we can to make this a successful project sure. and, and pour everything you can into it. And so he, he led that way. And I think that when he was working with clients, they saw that energy that he brought to it and that passion yeah. that, that he would bring to the work. And he really wanted to do the best work possible sure. and, and for it to be strategic. He wanted it to work. It wasn't um, enough just to do the work so that it was passable. We really have always had, that, that underlying, you know, need to make sure that the work that we're doing is actually moving the needle, that it's actually getting the client where it, they need to be yeah. and, and getting the results that they're wanting. Right. So. So talk to me a little bit about how your career grew then. Do you view Samantha in almost like phases? Like oh, yeah. talk about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean it's 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 I know I've been at the same place for 34 years but it's it's almost like I've worked at like four or five agencies, okay. you know, cuz we've gone through stages throughout our career and obviously, you know, different ownership and then different focuses during certain periods of time. 
So yeah, obviously when we started out, we were a small design shop and although we preached or told everybody that we were full service, right? Okay. Um, but if we were to do anything that was outside of the walls of the agency, we had to find vendors that, that would be able to supply that that service, whatever it is, for, for a client. Which had to make you grow so much at that stage because you were networking throughout town and getting to know all the different partners. Right, right. I mean, if it was research, we're, you know, early on we were working with Calder Latour and Kevin was that. really, really a big advocate of them and, and worked with them uh, pretty exclusively. But, uh, you know, and, and, and other things too, as we grew and, and saw a need from our clients to offer something new, you know, that's, that's how we, we would approach it. Start by finding another firm that would do it or freelancers and, and bring it on that way. And if yeah. it, if it continued to grow in a, a service line kind of way, then, then we would look to bring that on in-house, so to speak. So after you were design shop, and I've only been here 18 years, but at the time that I came on board, only been here which is still years. a long time, we were moving more into what I would call like a strategic consultancy. We were going through the brand discovery process and helping with, you know, mergers and acquisitions and trade shows. Was there a stage before that, Chris? Or would you say that was kind of phase two of Symantle? You know, I think in the 90s, Kevin and Susie were really kind of pushing us to, to be more strategic. Actually, I think when we really, really got into that, Jim had hired uh, Sanders Consulting right, uh, I back in that. the 90s to to come in and, and really look at what we were doing and help us grow in that area, to grow in that consultancy kind of area. So he, the Sanders group came to town. We spent about a week with them, went through their workshops. And then, you know, Susie, I mean, just ready, ready to jump right in. I mean, she, I think before we were even done with the training, we had a, she had a meeting with a, a new client up in Chicago and she pitched, of course you know, she did doing the work that, that way and, and landed it. That's you know? awesome. It was, I mean, the very first one and Sanders always said in new business, you know, can expect to, to maybe win one out of every 10. Yep. So, you know, they're trying to Trying to set expectations, and here Susie knocks it out of the park in the first one. Absolutely. So, yeah. so what else? You know, you see us growing now into more of a CX firm. Technology took hold. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, things are are so different now than they used to be. You know, and we always think that technology is going to make things easier, and I think that it's just made things more complicated. Although, you know, I think that you got to continue to grow and to change and to keep up with that uh, or we're going to be irrelevant. Right. So I think that that's super important. You know, I think that one of the other blessings that we've had in the last 10 years is when we brought on uh, marketing automation sure. and have an Abby come in and lead that charge. I mean, that's been a huge blessing for the, for the company and, and allowed us to grow in, in other ways that, right. that we weren't growing before that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. I want to talk about kind of how you're leading the creative department today, but let's spend some time on some of your favorite projects. You know, I always preach that Chris is probably somebody in our creative department that understands branding more than most right. brand architecture and identity and things like that. But you've done a ton of awesome campaign work and trade shows. So sure. what stands out? I talk a little bit about this in, in my narrative, but those are two of the areas that I'm probably the most passionate about. I think that that brand for me supersedes just about everything in marketing. You know, it's laying that foundation for a company. And, and a lot of people think when you say brand that you're just talking about the identity and that that really is a small piece of what brand is all about. A brand is a company's reputation. And I think that building a company's reputation and taking it to that level where, where we're actually influencing how a, a company talks about itself internally with their, their 
uh, employees and then externally with their their customers or clients is hugely important. I mean, it can literally set the strategic direction for a company. And if done right, it should last generations. Yeah, so, I love that. Yeah. But trade shows is another, you know, that's sure. another favorite. I mean, I've, I've been working on events here at Samantha since I started. So, you know, over 30 years. And your brain works a little bit in 3D. I'm always amazed at how given 20 machines to lay out on a trade show floor, you can envision foot traffic and how things are going to come to life. Where did that come from? Well, you know, that was another passion of mine when I was in high school um, was architecture. And I had actually won an architecture award when I was a senior. Seriously? You know, yeah. And and that was, I mean, it was between design and, and architecture that I was considering going into school in college and, and just ended up going into design. I just had more of a passion for it. Um, it came more natural, but thinking in 3D, thinking dimensionally is, is something that I've always been passionate about. Even from uh, when I was a little kid, I would build things, you know, yeah. I remember like building it like, as eight years old and, and built my dog, a dog house and, you That's know, just so cool. stuff like that. So, um, it was always super intrigued and, and fascinated by buildings and structures and, and everything. So, you know, I think that that has aided in, in the work that I do when I'm, when I'm working on trade shows and thinking through that traffic flow and the layout and, and actually thinking through the experience, which is the biggest part of a trade show. What does somebody experience when they walk into this, this booth or what do they feel? Yeah. You know, want them to kind of be overwhelmed and really, really, you know, set the company in a, in a, in a good light when, when we're working on trade shows. I love when I watch you think about a trade show because I can literally see the wheels spinning in your head. It's like you can immerse yourself in the experience. And we just leveraged that as you renovated Samantha's office. Right, Thank right. God. You, we, we put Chris for a year on trying to figure out our new bar and a bunch of conference rooms and uh, that was, really that was put fun. him through the ring. You know, I enjoy doing, doing stuff like that. I mean, it's kind of, it probably took up more time than it needed to, but... but um, you know, it was a, it, always a fun project, a, a fun break to to look at it and see how we can get the most use out of that new space that we can and still make it feel like some animal, yeah. right? So I think that that's a, a big part of of what I'm interested in is when we're in the office that that it's a, a place that inspires people yeah. to do their best work and that they enjoy being here. You, know? you said that, and I thought that was interesting. It jumped out at me that part of your point of pride is not just the people, but it's the place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the people are the place, right? Yeah. I mean, and I think that the, the building itself is, is just kind of laying that foundation to help people kind of come out of their shells and, 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 you know, collaborate with one another. So we want to make a place that people enjoy working at that, that is easy to collaborate in that has everything that, that they need to get their job done but also makes it more enjoyable. And I have to credit Misty for, I mean, we, we just added this bar into the new area of the, of the building, which a lot of companies would probably, <laughs> probably frown on, but right. you know, it's, uh, it's something I've always wanted. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, yeah. since it's been open for what, a, the last couple of months, it's been, and you know, we you always have concerns that maybe it's going to be abused, but it hasn't at all. Such a gathering spot yeah, and so. people from across the company getting together there, which is very cool to see. So let's back up to, I want to understand your your leaders and then how you lead. You mentioned in your point of pride that there's been a lot of characters that have come through the door mm-hmm. um, at Samantha. And I don't know about you, Chris, but I feel like I learn from like everybody around me. Oh, yeah. yeah. But when you think back to your trajectory, 
talk about some of your leaders, both from a design side, but then sure. from an idea and sales side and kind of what they instilled in you. Right, right. And of course, early on, from a uh, start out with sales, you know, it was really all about, and the thing that, that back up just a, a second here, I think that the thing that was a little different when I started was we were small enough that you really learned just by shadowing. Okay. And, and so, you know, the people that I was working with, like Kevin and Susie and, and Barb at the time, were really great at client building client relationships. Yep. So, you know, I mean, if you're working on something with them, you were going, you're walking. We, we used to, our office used to be literally right across the street from Caterpillar's headquarters. So we were over there two or three times a day. Sure. And I'd go with them to client meetings, observe like how they were acting, you know, yep. the, the level of service that they were giving, the level of consultation, you know. So it, it was much more just making sure that we're thinking strategically and and giving them the kind of work that was going to stand out and was going to do the job for them right. um, and, and give them the results that they needed. So you really learned how to ask the right questions yes. and, and get to the core of what it was that they were trying to do. Because a lot of times clients come to us with a preconceived idea of what they want, but when you do a little bit of digging, ask some questions, you find out that, that maybe that, that's not the best thing that uh, that we could do that, w- that would get them to where they want to go, you know? And so... I think that that's always been something that, you know, Kevin and Susie have done really well. Of course, Jim did that really well as well. I learned that from you, Chris. I would come back to you after a client meeting early in my career and say, they want to sign. And you'd be like, well, how are they going to use it? You know, what impact is it going to have? And I wouldn't have asked all those questions. And then sometimes we'd end in a very different spot. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been all kinds of campaigns where you know, somebody's come to us for one thing and then it's turned into so much more. Like, I wasn't uh, as directly involved in it, but the don't shoot campaign, yeah. you know, they could come to us just for a logo. I believe the story really goes and, and that, you know, turned, turned into in. a whole, a whole event, you yeah. know, um, yeah. that, that summer. So that's good. And understanding and awareness of how you learned how to be like a strategic questioner and a salesperson, but like who crafted your design skill or was that something that was just sort of innate in you and learned, you just refined? Well, you know, I think that, that anyone that is a good designer has some innate skill and, sure. and so they come to us, but, but actually crafting that and honing it, you know, I got to give a lot of credit to, to Kevin McConaughey really? you yeah. know, and Susie, you know, and pushing me and, and sure. of course Jim too, you know, so, you know, they were always had high expectations and when, you know, just coming in and starting out from school, you learn real quickly that the level of expectation is probably a lot higher than what I ever thought it was going to be. Right. So they push you to, to keep, you know, Hey, try it again, try, you know, think about it from this way. I mean, different angles and, and, you know, really just, uh, uh, you know, had me look at it things in a different way always. And, and, and that you remember those things and, and uh, you know, hopefully those are some of the things that I can pass down to, some of the other designers that I, I see with. you do it all the time. And, you know, they did. They taught us how to think. They taught me on the yeah. strategy side, too. Like if you've thought through something to the nth degree and you can defend it, right, yeah. then you can sell it. But I see you doing this with your team. Early in my career, I would see you go sit down with a designer and look over their shoulder. And the thing about you, Chris, as a creative director, nobody ever was offended by your feedback, right? You have such a subtle way of delivering it and how, letting them, right, try to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. How did you learn how to direct? Yeah, and I think that that I give a lot of credit to Kevin on that because I wasn't always as good at it. I think that I would always give, give good feedback, but earlier in my career, 
when I was in in the work, I almost want to just take it from them and and do it myself. Sure. And, and the thing that you know you learn real quick is that if you do that, you're never gonna get out of the work. Sure. And you're never gonna be able to teach anybody. You're never gonna get more out of that person. So you know, Kevin was really good at at saying you don't need to tell them how to fix it. You just need to tell them what's wrong with it. What you and see. Let them. Yeah. What yeah. you see. What 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 do you when you look at this whatever the piece is, why isn't it working? Just mm-hmm. tell them, tell them what the issues are and have them fix it, yep. you know? And I think that that was kind of an aha moment for me in just realizing I, you know, I don't need to fix it for them. Yeah. I just need to tell them what's wrong with it and let them do the work to, to bring it around. Well, I'm very grateful that we got to partner at such a deep level so early in my career because probably seven or eight years in, I was able to bring a layout to you and say, Chris, I think something's wrong with this, right? Like I had enough of an eye and, you know, you've and I have been able to collaborate in that way. And so I appreciate that. I think we learn by osmosis by the people we're surrounded with. Right, right, right. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the the people that I'm working with are picking that up. And, you know, as I, you know, at the size that we're at right now, I'm not interacting with everybody on the creative team like I used to, but um, hopefully the, the people that are working with that team are, are still, taking what I taught them and, and, and using that right. to teach them. Talk a little bit about the concepting part of your job, because I think we look to Chris as like the consummate designer, right? Um, and that high level design, which is what yeah. your, your core skill is, but you love the ideation process oh, and the yeah. brainstorming. Yeah. And I mean, that's probably the most fun part of any project that you work on. It's probably what 5% of what we do. Um, a lot of the work that we do isn't that gl- glamorous, but uh, yeah, the, the concepting part of it, is a lot of fun. And I think it's important when we do get into concepting that we've got everything we need before we get started on that, that, that we've got, if there is research, if there is any kind of insight that we've gathered so far that we know what that is, and then we get the right people in the room. And, and typically on, on a regular size project, you know, you're, it's, it comes down to an art director and, and a writer anymore. You know, you, you're, you're adding other people like experienced strategists in in the mix and, and other people that that are core to what we do to get in a room and just start you know throwing ideas out and a lot of times hopefully we've done some homework before we've got into those brainstorming sessions and and uh, we can bring that to the table but if not it's just when it happens you know it it's, it's kind of a magical moment when you're working with a group of people and the, the idea just is there and you just you know it immediately like like this is it that's know? awesome yeah. Well, and I give you a lot of credit because I say this about you all the time. You have an ability to come up with unique and distinct ideas around the same business problem. What is it that allows you to do that? I, I keep going back to um, what's the project we worked on where we were doing like fish farming, right? Oh, yeah. Aquaculture. Yeah. <laughs> you had to come up with a brand and a, and a package design. And for the campaign, you, you can let your brain go in so many different directions. Yeah. Still yeah. built on the core idea. And I think, um, you know, as always, I think that that we learn from a lot of different people and in and, and the work that we do over time. And the more, uh, like that's a good example of just knowing what the parameters of the project were and how is this identity going to work, not only for for the organization, but in packaging and and for the different products that they had. So be, being able to think through a structure that would work in many different ways. I mean, it, it's core to just know how it's going to be used first. Yeah. So, awesome. Um, yeah, I love learning. that. 
So talk a little bit about your current, well, before I go there, I would be remiss not to ask about your partnership with Maggie. Maggie was our business partner that retired at the end of last year. And you say in your point of pride that she just had this ability to think differently. Yeah, she did. Maggie's great. I mean, I got to credit her a lot for my growth because she uh, is one of the smartest people that I know. And, and, you know, the life of the party, I mean, super, super energetic and was able to just really think about things um, in just a different way, you know, bring a new perspective to what we would normally, you know, if we were going to go into a brainstorming session, she'll always throw something in there that, that is 180 degrees from where the rest of the group is. Sure. And usually that was the the direction that we would end up going, you know, because it was different and, and our job is to stand out. So was she kind of your copy to yeah. art director partner? I feel, I feel that way. I think when she came on, I mean, she's just so strong in copy and at the time, you know, I was still doing design work, uh, but also working with other art directors and designers. And at the time when she came in, she was doing a lot of new business and come and we would, you know, work together and, and got a, a real strong rapport with one another. Sure. And I think a level of trust, I think anytime you're working with somebody on creative, you got to have that, that level of trust that you can push each other. You probably. can, you can push each other that you can take the criticism because you know that it, it's not coming from a place of, of being, you know, having an ego or anything like that. It's just honest feedback. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, what to do really good work, we got to be, we've got to be honest with each other and we got to trust each other. Right. So. Well, if folks haven't listened to my podcast interview with Maggie, they should. One of the things we talk about in that story is how she, how and when she decided to retire. And she surprised the hell out of all of us <laughs> when she kept advancing this. Talk a little bit about what a shock that was to you, but then also just the recognition that that was going to propel you into that executive creative yeah. director chair and kind of what that meant to you. No, that was that's a, a funny story because I think I was on a call with you and her when you guys told me, and I just didn't have any idea. Maggie's actually younger than I am, so <laughs> just so everyone knows that we'll get that out of the way. Um, and so I thought that you know, it, at best, you know, we're going to be in this probably until we're both ready to retire. And then I think the conversation that we were having may have been around like a like a yearly annual review okay. or something like that, it, or close to that, right? And you guys were talking to me about like the things that needed to happen in the creative department and, and, you know, how I needed to, to get more out of the creative directors that I'm working with. And, and I was like thinking to myself, well, what am I going to be doing? And I'm like, well, I think I still add some value here. <laughs> and you're going, well, I think we got to tell you something, you know, Maggie's going to be retiring. And so, you know, we're looking to you to, to step up and, and take her her position. And so it took you like three days to like come back from that. It was a little bit of a shock. So I think it felt, yeah, I felt like I was going to throw up at the minute I had to get off the, had to get off the call. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that uh, was scary, but you've done an unbelievable job. And I've told you that since day one, as soon as you, it clicked, you were like, Oh, I'm doing this. And then some of the things you've been doing in the creative department are just really impressive. So Explain to our audience all the disciplines you lead, because I don't think that people really understand when they hear the word creative, all that goes into that. Yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, the traditional design and art direction, copy, obviously, content production is fitting in there right now. Uh, motion media, which is actually video for a lot of people that, that are not familiar with that term. And UX? UX uh, definitely is, a, is another area that that uh, is fairly uh, new to us, right? So we've really started to stand that up in the last year. 
but I think it's it's core to to good sound design principles, and it's an area that that we see you know continuing to grow in the future for That's us. That's awesome. So, yeah, you've got a really huge team. So, what are some things that you guys are talking about, working on? You know, I'll just be transparent with our audience. I think that even though Samantha is a CX company, right? And Chris, you talk about that in your point of pride how important it has been for us to get close to the customer throughout right. all of our years to inform the creative, we're still like this amazing design shop. Like people look at our work and say, you know, how high level it is. And we want to be known for that. So how are you balancing all that? I think that, you know, when you look at the creative work that we do, I think any good agency is going to have strong creative. I think it's, it's the most tangible thing that you can see when you're, when you're looking at an agency is the work. I mean, you go to any, any agency or design shops website and, and the first thing you're going to want to do is look at the work that they're doing to kind of get a, a feel for what, what can they do. So I think in that regard that it probably stands out a little bit more than some of the other service lines that we offer that are a little bit more intangible. Sure. But it doesn't work with without all of those other service lines, you know, right. feeding into it. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely I feel core to who we are. I mean, we started as a design shop, and and I feel and I talk to to all of the new employees when they come in and they go through our, our uh, onboarding process. That we even if you're not working in the creative department, we would challenge everybody to think differently. Yeah, you know, they've got a an idea on, on anything to share it with the team. Um, could be even a process issue that, that uh, maybe they worked at a place where they did something different. We're always looking for something that that's going to make us more efficient, make us uh, do the work better, you know, you name it. So sure. we cha- I just challenge everybody to think creatively. Well, you talk about recruitment and your point of pride and bringing on new talent. And that's what's like really exciting to you is seeing people learn and grow. Yeah, so, and you also mentioned how important it is. It's not just about the work. It's how they talk about their work. Right. So what are you looking for in young right. talent? Yeah. When, when we get on interviews, I think, and I did, I did talk about this a little bit, but you know, we have an advantage when we're, we're looking for design talent uh, or art directors because we, and even writers, because we can see the work before sure. we even before we even schedule an interview now, I mean, it never used to be like that, but, but, uh, is easy for us to say, Hey, the work is really at the level that, that we expect it to be. And, and so let's, let's get on a call and, and talk to this person. So, you know, like, like I said, in, in my point of pride narrative, it's more about how they got to that spot than it is the work. Cause we can, when we get on a call with a, with an interviewee, we know the work is good, but I'm more interested to know how they got there than, mm. than just looking at the work. I mean, they've got to have some substance behind it. I want to hear the, the story about the assignment or about the initiative and, and how they ended up getting to where they, they yeah. were because that's, that's the most important part. Is there usually this ability for you to hone in on the nugget? Like, oh, it was that seed of an idea that turned it into something oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah. And if, uh, you know, if, uh, and we've, we've seen the exact opposite too where, where somebody has great work and, and they aren't able to, to really rationalize it. And so you know that uh, that either isn't their work or it it ends up being, you know, that they were working with somebody else and wow. they maybe drove that. But you're right, exactly. If, if somebody is, is really passionate about the work and they can really, you know, explain how they got to where they were, they're going to be super excited about it because it's something that's, that came from within them. And, you know, I think that that's a, a part of a little bit of what's different about a creative than, than anyone else that works in the agency is that they're really kind of pouring their heart and soul into the work yeah. that they do. Um, so if, if 
you you know are are really thinking about the work strategically and and pouring your heart and soul into it um you know, it's going to be you're going to be excited when you start to talk to a client or in this case in an interview you're going to be really excited about it and and really talk about it with some passion yeah so you and i were just exchanging a few emails i don't know just a couple of weeks ago about how personal the work is right and you talk about that in the point of pride is that we look for people who care about the work right. and each other yeah and and i think that's good that's a good employee you know, sure. regardless of what they're doing, you know, we're looking for people that, that can, um, not only do the work, but are good people, you yeah. know, and are kind to the other employees. We're looking for people that don't have egos, sure. because, you know, in design, you know, a lot of times you can, you can find people that are great at what they do, but their ego is, is off the charts. And that's not who we are at Samantha. We're looking for people that are down to earth, that, that, can you know work with other people that can get a lot out of other people that that care about the people that they're working for you know it's just kind of core to who yeah. we are talk about your current team because i've had a couple other of your creative directors on here and i i've said probably on every interview the level of design talent we have right now is off the charts so you guys are doing an awesome job recruiting yeah. but that's not the only skill in your creative department that's fantastic you've okay. got all different kinds of people so talk about oh, yeah. what you guys are growing yeah, I think um, one of the exciting areas that that, that we're looking at is, is not only the, on the design side, which just back up just a second and talk a little bit about that. I think we've always been focused on bringing good talent. I think in the years past, it's been a little bit more of a challenge be, before COVID because we had to get the people here to Peoria. Sure. And, and so that was, we're not a big city. We're not, you know, Chicago or New York. And so it was a little bit more difficult to, if we're looking at somebody that's from a, you know, California, it's harder to get them here, you know, now since COVID and we know that we can work remotely, it's, it's a lot easier because we've got, I mean, we've got half of our creative team is remote now. And and, and they so come they from just, other big agencies or small boutique agencies. So just bringing that outside expertise. Exactly. And, and, you know, they're working in, in markets that, that traditionally they wouldn't even consider coming to Peoria. Sure. So, um, the level of creative that, that we're able to, to get at and, and secure is, is um, you know, a lot higher than, than what it used to be. I mean, we still love have, having people here in, in, in Peoria, but it's not something that holds us back anymore. But some of the other things that, that we're looking at, and we hit on it a little bit, you know, obviously from a, from a, a, a design perspective, we've always been there bringing more, more in-house writers, you know, that that's been a, a focus of ours for the last few years. You know, we've always had writers on staff, but always also had a large pool of external freelance writers that, that we tapped into. And one of our creative directors, uh, uh, Van, is is really instrumental in bringing on that, that, uh, that writing talent and really, you know, working with them to get them where they need to be. And, you know, I'm excited to see where that's going to go in the future. Um, UX, like we said a second ago, is another area that, that we're really branching out into. And Sarah Ingalls is instrumental in working with that team to get them to, to where they need to be. So, you know, getting into a lot more, I think even when you talk about traditional, you know, art direction and design, it's, it's grown so much just because of the technology that we use and the, the different media that, that we're looking at than, I mean, way, way more complicated than, than it used to be. So having, you know, people that have those skills that, that are able to work in all of those different kinds of media are super important. How do you encourage your creative team to stay inspired? What do you have them do? 
One of the things that I think that everybody that, that works in the creative department just has a passion for it. So they follow, sure. you know, they follow their people. And, and I think that, you know, some of the younger designers, we, you know, encourage them to get out if they're learning how to use some new software, develop some skill, you know, we'll encourage them to get out and, and, and uh, do tutorials, get them involved in, you know, seminars or, or go to conferences, yeah, go things, to conferences like that. things like yeah. that to stay relevant and so that they can learn a new skill yeah. and be able to utilize it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm going to pivot you out of the creative lane for a minute and talk about your current role, which is um, uh, leading the agency forward as part of our executive team. So what does that meant to you, right? To have those kinds of meetings and discussions about where we're going and kind of what are you looking forward to in the no, next year or so? That's a, a huge part of, of, you know, what I'm excited about right now is just working with that team. We've got such a, I think, a great team on the EDT, you know, including you and Tim and the rest of the EDT and being able to learn from, you know, and I said this again in my point of pride narrative that that I learned so much from everybody, you know, um, that I'm working with regardless of, of where they are in the agency, but learning a lot from, from the EDT that I'm working with and really being in those discussions to, to help uh, define where we want to go yes. and, and grow as an agency like we never have before. It's super <laughs> exciting, you know. Um, it is. It's humbling. Yeah. Sometimes when we look at those numbers about what we could be doing, right? Yeah. And yeah. to think you started with 12 yeah. employees here? Well, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I, that's when I started, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But it was a small little place. But yeah, it's it's exciting. I mean, to see where we've come from then, uh, it's, uh, it's very humbling, you yeah. know, to be part of it. And I'm just super proud to to be a part of it. And hopefully some people have learned uh, a few things from me over the years. <laughs> I would say more than a few. Yep. Yeah. Well, one of the things I'm excited about to partner with you on is, you know, just continuing to evolve Samantha's brand and your yeah. point of pride was very meaningful to me personally, because it walks through so much of what makes us great. And so I'm going to be challenging Chris to help us pull our legacy story forward into sort of aspirationally who we're becoming, which is the favorite kind of work you and I like to do yeah, together it is, anyway. It is. And I think we, I mean, you started a little bit on that, even in the building. Like, I think that some of the work that we've done in that common area just outside the bar is, is, you know, really trying to tie back to our roots and what, what is our story and, and why do, why should people care? Exactly. That that's so meaningful to our brand and for people to understand what our history is. Right. That, that, uh, cause they're the next generation, right? Yeah. How meaningful is that Caterpillar piece to you, given that it's unheard of in our, you know, industry to have this 40 year relationship, yeah, but then also recognizing that we're evolving and the community's changing. Like, yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? it I mean, is. To be working with a, a brand for that long, I yeah. mean, over, over 40 years. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's a testament to our relationships that we've built with that, that, uh, marketing team over at CAT and, and, you know, over the years now we're so diversified with, within Caterpillar, you know, working with all the, the different groups, not only here in Peoria, but in Nashville and Geneva and, yeah. and even in China and, and, and uh, Australia. So, you know, it's, it's, it is a huge brand and a huge, just a huge privilege to be able to work on that work. Sometimes it feels like we're part of that team. Yeah. I think about Years back, you had a drawing at your desk with tractors from your kids or something, and you've had your kids yeah. in spots. I mean, it's become yeah. very personal. No, that that is funny. As it, my my son, uh, I think he was probably in like 
first or second grade. He drew a really awful like stick figure and and what was supposed to be a truck, you know, a cat truck. And it and then he wrote, uh, "My dad draws pictures of trucks all day." I remember that's, that. That's uh, that's, that's what he thought that's what you he did. Thought he did all day long. <laughs> it's so. pretty much true. Yeah, I had that hanging up. I <laughs> thought that was so awesome. funny. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, again, Chris, thank you for submitting your point of pride and walking us through this history. I love hearing it. I'm going to end by asking you for a little bit of advice. So for new employees or somebody who's maybe in their first couple of years at Samantle, what are your words of wisdom on how to be successful here? Be patient. You know, okay. the, the work that we do is complicated and even just understanding our clients takes time. Yes. And I think that that's a big part of anybody coming in here and, and even going through onboarding, it can seem really, really overwhelming to them. And so I think that it's just important for them to know that it's going to take a little bit of time and before they can get up to speed and before they can, they can start to contribute, yeah. you know, in a meaningful way. And I think everybody can contribute right out of the gate, but, but to, to really understand it enough to, to be productive, I, I think it's just going to take some time and yeah. just to rely on the rest of the team. I mean, we're here, we're all here to help. And so I don't, I don't want anyone to feel like they're on an island yeah. and, and, and they've got to figure it out all on their own. And I think that we've put some things in place that'll help them learn, but uh, as we continue to grow, but it's, it's important to rely on the team that that's around you and, and ask a lot of questions. Yeah. I mean, don't be afraid to ask questions. And we've all had those stages of our career where maybe we go through a lull or something hard. And one thing I know about you and your leadership style is you stick with people and you bring yeah. them back from hard places. And so, you know, I, I've admired that about your leadership through oh, the I, years. Oh, I appreciate that. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're all just trying to do good work and we're all just trying to get through the day. Yes. Right. And sometimes, you know, personal life can get in the way with, with folks and, and you got to give them a little bit of grace and, Absolutely. and uh, you stick with them and, and they'll come back. What advice would you have for a client working with Samantle? I'm sure you've worked with many. What um, makes a good client? No, I think a, a good client is somebody that pushes us, right? Yeah. And, and allows us to, to do our job. Sure. Um, you know, had a lot of clients over the years and I think the ones that really stand out are, are that exactly where they're, they're, they're in there and they really appreciate the thought and the effort and the passion we put behind the work we do. And they aren't just going to sit back and just let us do it. They're really challenging us and, and pushing us in to do even better work. Sure. Than what we've done. Leaning so, into the process with us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As part and, of and the we, team. Yeah. And we want, we want our clients to be a part of that process. Absolutely. And then my very last question, what advice do you have for me and Tim? Oh God. The ownership of Samantha. <laughs> It's a tough one. That is, that's a tough one. Um, but I think you guys are doing a great job so far. And, and um, I mean, I see nothing but good things, you know, coming from the agency and the growth that we're looking for. I can't tell you, you know, you guys have such a natural ability and, and are kind of two sides of the brain, right? Yes, we um, are. We're very different. Right, right. <laughs> and it Which works. I, you know, I think, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's a true uh, benefit and blessing to the company sure. that you guys are thinking about things uh, from a different perspective. And I think that that's your superpower. Yeah. Right? And that was modeled for us through Susie and Kevin. And I right. found that at Samantha, I don't know if you agree with this, Chris, but everybody has like their person or many people, right. Yeah. That kind of see things from different perspectives. Right. Right. And I think, I mean, you got, you and Tim are doing a great job of kind of being that yin and yang. Yeah. And I think you challenge each other on a daily basis, hopefully the EDT is able to challenge you guys as well to to help guide the the direction of the company. And I think that probably more than ever, I think you guys have 
just uh, the relationship with EDT and with each other that you're going to be nothing but successful in the future. Oh, it's so good to hear. Yeah, we had this intentional moment earlier this year, actually, after Maggie retired, where we said, you know, we're getting too big for two people to make all the decisions. And now we have this awesome executive team, which Chris is a part of, helping guide the direction. And everybody gets a say and a vote. And it's good conversations. We definitely challenge each other, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, some fun conversations. Absolutely. Well, Chris, thank you. Is there anything you want to add? I think we covered just Yeah, about we did. Well, I love your story. Again, thank you. And I'm excited to keep working with you. Same here. All right. Talk soon. Thanks. As one of the current owners of Samantle, I take pride in knowing that after 40-ish years, we're still carrying on Jim Samantle's legacy. A lot of things have changed, but one thing that hasn't is our reputation for our people, their talent, and delivering value to our clients. To hear more Samantha Point of Pride stories, go to marketingsweats.com or wherever you get your podcasts and check out the rest of the episodes in our very special season six. You can hear more from Chris about his Point of Pride by visiting the 40-ish anniversary page on samantha.com. That's a wrap for today. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.